All right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. I'm really enthused today to have my guests on the show. So as you guys know, this show is all about people that are making innovations. They're investing in innovations. They're doing some great things in health. And I may butcher his last name a little bit. So correct me, Mark, on your last name here. But, um, but anyway, so this show is, is really for people that are really passionate in health, doing some great things, investing in some great things. Mark Kilo George, if I'm pronouncing it right. So apologies. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, Mark is with MK capital They're, They've done some really good stuff in just investments in different societal shifts. Uh, they've done some healthcare stuff, but I'm not going to steal a thunder. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Anthony. Glad to be on. Well, thanks for making time and thanks for being here. Um, I'm really always obsessed about origin stories. Um, more importantly, I guess take us back, transport us or teleport us back to where it all started. Tell us about the series of steps that you went through to become the person you are today. Well, as it relates to our interest in health, I mean, I was a college student at Dartmouth College where I was on the debate team and debated a lot of health policy and then moved in, did my thesis my senior year on um, kind of health economics and different practice styles in different geographies, driving different cost structures. Um, went on and did a bunch of healthcare consulting for Booz Allen and Hamilton out of college, and then have since uh, you know kind of transitioned into the venture capital field, where we've done a lot in kind of software and technology, and even uh, we have a company, Healthy Nation, that does content in the health arena as well. I love it. I love it, Mark. Um, so you've done a lot of so thank you for sharing that. Um, you've done a lot, um, you know, in the space and you know your your mindset and your education and what you've studied has kind of led you to this uh, investment world. Um, you know, with your investments today and maybe some topics and some phenomenon you're seeing in health today, what has you fascinated in health? Whether it's maybe you got a new Peloton bike, whether it's a new yoga practice, or maybe you're starting to get really obsessed with the concept of CRISPR. What has your fascination when it comes to health or well-being today? Just love, love to hear well, a little anyway, bit more. At a personal level, um, I uh, had prostate cancer and then had recurrence of prostate cancer, so I've been through surgery, been through radiation. I'm, um, as a result, a little bit of a uh, health and diet nut. I'm a mm. big believer in the importance of building up your immune system, which I think you do through a combination of exercise, proper sleep, and then diets that are you know, rich in the proper types of uh, antioxidants and vegetables. So um, that's kind of a point of personal passion and really excited about how there's so much more control and so much more information at the control of consumers today so they mm -hmm. can, uh, you know, increasingly influence, not totally control, but totally influence their health trajectory and their health outcomes. Interesting. Interesting. So I did not know that. And um, so very, very interesting. I guess, let me ask you just on a, a personal basis, with prostate cancer and getting screening and checked, I know that's a big thing. For our audience out there, for the men listening, um, a, I guess getting screened and checked every year, two years, what's the, what's the new, like, uh, you know? Yeah, there's um, been some debate back and forth on whether men should be screened annually, uh, you know, starting at 40 or at mm -hmm. 50. I would just tell you that uh, you got to be also mindful of your family history. Right. Um, and in general, you know, tests are relatively inexpensive. 
So I think the important thing is just to get regular annual tests. When you get to your physician, ask why you wouldn't be tested. For example, mm-hmm. I was diagnosed at 47, mm-hmm. and a lot of doctors, a lot of places don't test until you're 50. Mm. Right. So I'm glad that I was aggressive. And I think you're just seeing that right now in health, generally speaking, which is more consumer empowerment. People are not dealing with their health professionals and with institutions the way they did 30 years ago. Right. I mean, they're taking control of it. They're asking why they're not just blindly following what a doctor or what insurance company says. Mm, mm. I, I love it. No. So thanks for that advice and feedback. And, you know, what's interesting is, um, you know, so obviously, as you know, I'm a founder, I'm growing a startup company, basically trying to do what Edison did, create the light bulb in, in, in my respective industry of, of digital health IT um, and health tech. Um, I, I consume an unreasonable amount of motivation a day. And this morning, I was driving to work and I was listening to a story, uh, like a quick two minute story from that Les Brown told, you know, one of the, the greats, you know, Tony Robbins type motivational guys. And he said that cancer is the, the top seventh most uh, scariest word in all languages. No matter what language, the word cancer is is one of the scariest or more fearful words. And I thought that was pretty pretty interesting. Um, what was that like? No, and it's a, it's a problem yeah. too, right? Because yeah. people run from fear. And right. so instead of confronting things and saying, uh, you, know, you know, hey, I'm gonna eat a certain way because my mother had breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to make sure I live a certain lifestyle because, you know, my father had lung cancer or prostate cancer. People tend to want to be shielded from that. Right. right. And you, get, you can't run from the fear. you got to, you know, directly confront those fears and take whatever action you can to, you know, mitigate your risk. Right. Right. Yeah, no, it's so powerful. I mean, everyone knows, I'm sure you have family and friends that are probably battling cancer right now. I do, you know, right now. And it's, you know, your just heart goes out, but, but you know, it's, it's really facing it, you know, f- uh, you know, face forward, uh, the ending of the, the Les Brown story, I'll have to send it to you, but it was, you know, he was told this, telling the story about his friend and that, um, he thought he was going to die and, and he, he did wind up passing, but not as soon as, as he thought he was. And it really is a psychological yeah. battle and, confronting fear and you know as i as i grow older you know everything i try and do is to optimize around love and not focus on fear and try and do all decisions based on love and not not on fear and you know screening and you know cancer i know is a is a um i have not had it um thank god but you know it does everyone i talk to like yourself does feel like it's uh it's more of a psychological um thing uh you know it's the psychological element's really important there's um, a lot of psychological evidence. The other last thing to close on this topic is that, and that, one of my former work colleagues was diagnosed with uh, brain cancer, mm. unfortunately. And, and it kind of the, the, the lesson there was that he always went to the doctor and the doctor gave him the most plausible, likely diagnosis. Mm. And sometimes you need to push these medical professionals not to t- ask, tell you what do they think it is. Mm-hmm. what's the secondary diagnosis if, if they're wrong about what they think it is what's it likely to be what what's the second or third most likely outcome mm-hmm. right because it's not just about getting it right it's you know the consequences with cancer when it's not diagnosed can be so uh you know significant that you really want to push your health professionals to make sure that you're looking at and they're considering all the potential options absolutely absolutely yeah, no, it's, 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 it's really interesting, I guess, um, you know, and some of the things you're mentioning about being a health nut and, you know, I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about like, what do you, 
what do you do now, like on a uh, nutrition or fitness perspective, or what are some things that have your fascination about some, you know, on the well-being front that are really exciting you about the future? You know, um, there's there's so much new stuff out. There's so much new health and wellness stuff. There's like a net new uh, connected kettlebell that I'm obsessed about uh, purchasing. There's a you know a new connected right. yoga mat that I'm that I'm going to replace the yoga mat in my office here that I'm looking at right now. But um, yep, tell me a little no, bit about what these small lifestyle changes, right? Yeah, so there's no magic bullet. But I just think people being more attentive to they're standing up, they're not sitting because mm-hmm. you know being sedentary is such a big health issue. I think uh, you know some, especially as people age, weight training. Mm-hmm. in order to strengthen the bones and mm-hmm. uh you know th- that's important as well as the kinds of stuff we talked about before on diet um you know i for example um i don't order meat anymore mm. um you know basically a pescetarian i'll eat some vegetables you know i'm not uh you know it's occasionally if something's in it i'm not gonna toss it away right but um it, it, it's just uh, you know the data is is with you in terms of what's uh reduces your risk to the extent you're focused on heart disease and cancer, which are the big killers. Right. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's super interesting. Um, and so, um, you know, having that holistic view, I think is, is, you know, super, super important. So, so I appreciate you sharing that. Um, let me ask you, so I know you mentioned, you know, that you guys have, um, you know, invested in companies like healthy nation. I know some, some other portfolio companies you guys have invested in have other things to do with health, like cell track, et cetera. But what are some new themes that you're optimistic for in the future from a macro perspective that you're really interested in, in diving deeper and maybe, you know, taking partaking in, um, you know, in terms of just interest in the space from a macro level? Yeah, I think all the stuff around population health mm-hmm. is really powerful, right? Because mm-hmm. if you move to a value-based care model, as you move to payers having risk, suddenly they have incentive to innovate right and and that's right. i think you know there's been so much political focus on just payments just insurance but you know whether you have medicare for all or medicare for only people 65 uh, it's only through changing the health practices both of the individuals and then of the health system you get different outcomes you know mm-hmm. so i don't want to just have better coverage and and die of cancer at 53 right i want to have better outcomes and that's what the focus is. And that's what I'm actually kind of encouraged as we move to value-based care and payer, payers taking risks. You're really starting to get to social determinants of health. You're really looking what are the root causes and what's driving things earlier. And we're finding it, you know, health is not just about what you eat and what you, you know, what, how often you go see health professionals, mm-hmm. right? It's, you know, it, it, these are interlinked. And that's why particularly um, in inner cities and other areas of need, you got to focus holistically on the person. Uh, you know, are they getting sufficient nutrition? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. is there a basic amount of, you know, what's their diet like? How overweight are they? Those kinds of issues. I mean, you, you're not going to solve these things in a vacuum or in isolation. Absolutely. Absolutely, Mark. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah it does seem like we're going more towards focusing on you know, these social factors that are the underlying, you know, issues that need to be addressed, you know, as we move to a value-based model. So curious, how do you think about the value-based model of how we're moving? You know, so obviously it's probably, it probably can't come fast enough. Um, so my question is more about, you know, when do you see us really being in that new value-based world? What, what else do you think needs to happen? And furthermore, like, why, why do you think like the social determinants, uh, 
pieces are so relevant now and they weren't really talked about too much even like 24 months ago? Yeah, I think we're making a lot of progress. And this is happening very quickly. If you look at how reimbursement is being impacted, you know, particularly it's an area where the states have led. Mm-hmm. States have financial pressures and they're looking at how can they provide health care to a broad segment of the population without basically, uh, you know, blowing their budget. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's driven innovation. That's what's, you know, driven people to take risks. And, uh, you know, it's, it's through those different parties competing that you do get innovation to get better, better care. I think the whole social determinants of health and population health focus has really been driven by a combination of there's better data being collected. Mm-hmm. So now we can look at things and say, oh, the problem with this diabetes patient or this, you know, was they were on the wrong diet and their medicine didn't work, <laughs> right? You can actually mm-hmm. look at factors and get them correlated and understand the impact. Um, whereas in the past, that just wasn't possible. And then the second, as you've shifted payment responsibility, right? You've driven incentives for people to be innovative as opposed to people just focused on billing. Right, right. Yeah, no, thank you for that, Mark. Yeah, no, I'm right, I'm right there with you. Yeah, no, it does seem like, seem like both, both these, the, the financial pressure, the economics, the, and, 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 you know, causing to look at these social factors on a more minute level, you know, and the correlation of them, I think is, is really key. Um, lots of powerful possibilities, right, that are in front of us. Yeah. I think the exciting thing about population health right now fascinates me, excites me, obviously, um, you know, does as well for, for you as well. Uh, Mark, uh, this is great. You know, what I'd love to do is, you know, have you back on the show as you work and see more things, you know, throughout the year, next year, et cetera. Um, I guess, you know, my question is, uh, you know, for our audience out there, our listeners that would love to get in touch with you or interact with maybe your social media presence online, what would be a good way to interact with you or get in touch with you if someone would like to do so? Yeah, no, just get to me directly at marketmkcapital.com. Awesome. Awesome, Mark. Well, Mark, this has been great having you on the show. Really uh, appreciate the time. Uh, To our listeners out there, uh, this is the Popbell Show. The show is for people that are passionate about health. Um, If you're interested in making more than one person healthier in this world or just yourself, the show is for you. Uh, Mark, again, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Anthony, thank you for all all you do and your impact on driving awareness of these critical issues. It's, It's fantastic. Thank you so much, Mark. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, take care. Okay, thank you. Let's see.